And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. A Saturday Christmas Eve game, snow, freezing temperatures, weird matchups, and yes, a little bit of a bizarre hangover from two of the weirder games you could ask for. It's shaping up to be a weird one on this, not Sunday, but Saturday for the Chiefs and the Seahawks. I want to start with you, Seth Kaiser, on one particular thing. You are the Chief in the North. You are in Minnesota. You typically have just truly painful weather around this time of year. What is the temperature uh, in uh, in your neck of the North? Mr. Briscoe, that would be negative 12 degrees Fahrenheit. Now I'm not I'm not here to compare numbers. Oh my god. I just want you to know that in Kansas City today, it's negative four. Yep. Wow. We are pulling our weight right now in the polar vortex of it all. Because this is what they're going to be playing in on Saturday. This is what has met us as we've left our our, uh, homes today. It's not quite Minnesotan, but Nate, I'm uh I'm uncomfortable. At this present moment, my I'm so sorry because you're throwing it to Nate like you should, mm. like we always do. But I actually have some expert advice Please. for the Chiefs. They should just Build for a, a little while. No, well they should, <laughs> but they should for a little while today and tomorrow when it's super cold, right? Where it's like the negative one, negative five. Because once you get to the negatives, that's really really cold. Although, fun fact. You can 100% tell the difference between 0 and negative 20, and you can 100% tell the difference between negative 20 and negative 40. I believe it's. That. You would think you reach this point to where it doesn't make a difference. It uh, it absolutely does. So what they really ought to do, and I'm, they probably didn't do this today, but they should if they didn't, for a very limited time, I'm talking only like 15 minutes because you don't want anyone to get frostbite, they should practice outside. They should have players walking in and out of the facility without jackets on. Again, temporary stuff, not enough to get hurt. But the reason for that is, and I tell you this from experience, that 19 degrees on Saturday, if they do that, if they really let themselves acclimate to it, 19 degrees will feel not great, but okay. And that is 100% true. That's the reason why people think like in Minnesota where they see us like, you know, in March or whatever, when it gets to like the 30s and people start wearing shorts, they're yes. like, what's wrong with you? Yep. It's like, it's not that we're that tough because when when fall hits and winter starts, you know, mm-hmm. no one's wearing shorts in 30 degree weather after the summer. Right. It's just when it's been negative 10, Honestly, the teens, it's like, okay, I can do this. The 20s are like, wow, it's warm. And the 30s like, holy, this is amazing. So if I were the Chiefs, get outside as much as possible within the realm of safety over the course of the next two days because you will be more used to it. 
It, it 100% can happen in just a few days too, especially when it's like bitter cold. Because negative six is bitter cold. I won't even do the 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 it's so much colder here flex because negative six is legitimately cold. That's great weather prep advice. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm gonna Nate, you can actually talk this time. I'm gonna go turn off our thermostat and open a couple of windows in here because I I really think that it's it's time to toughen up just just here in the household. So I'll I'll get us set up on that. Nate, are you gonna take that advice or? Um, no, but <laughs> hopefully this is why you come to the show. This is why uh, you have valued our analysis and insight and perspective. With everything Seth just said, on Wednesday, the second practice of the week, the team stretched and did individual drills outside. Nice. I mean, Seth, then, Seth sets him up, you knock him down. That was perfect. So We didn't even plan this. So they start on the indoor, you know, which is where they're going to be for the majority of the practice. But um, I did see that the, that the, that the seven-man sled was uncovered outside. So the assumption being that the offensive line did spend some time, you know, maybe hitting the sled for a few, for a few times. And then coming back in, and then the defensive line can do something similar um, in their sort of prep as part of getting ready for the elements. So um, it's wild, but this is a time where you need to make a big, big pot of chicken noodle soup. Get a big spoon, pour it into a couple Yetis, pray for the best on Saturday. <laughs> pray for us was a literal direct quote from chris jones today when he was asked about the weather so that's not nate editorializing that's coming nope. straight from chris jones no nope. uh, with uh with that being said i don't i don't know if there's any more looking back we need to do here today because nate obviously wasn't with us on on monday's edition it, it's the the one kind of open-ended glance over our shoulder i don't know nate i mean i'm, I'm sure it's it's informed everything that we've talked about this week at least in in some regard, because that was the sort of unsatisfying overtime victory. Is there anything in the in the days since then that, that has bubbled back up, or should we move on to Twitter beef and uh, in Seattle? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, we should we should largely move on. Um, it was a it was a joy for me on Sunday um, because. Holly and I took our son Hayden to his first NFL game in Houston. Um, and it was everything a seven-year-old could want, <laughs> uh, which is a overtime game that ends uh, in a touchdown uh, for the hometown team. So so that was great. Um, I appreciate you guys filling in on Monday. Um, there are, there are, I have minor notes, like small notes that like could carry over from, mm-hmm. from Sunday's game. Um, would you like for me to like breeze through them very quickly, even yeah, sure. though my phone, you know, my phone, as I was looking at it earlier, said that it's breezy, not that it's <laughs> negative five, it's negative five and breezy. breezy. So, uh, you know, it's exactly what you want. Um, I know people are not going to be expecting this. Um, I thought Leo Chanel had a very good game on Sunday. Ooh. And from the moment 
Darius Harris made a pass interference penalty and looked to be a liability in coverage, they replaced him with Leo Chanel, who looked adequate in coverage. Now, it's a smaller sample size, but I thought that might be something. Them not using Darius Harris for, I believe, the entire second half and mostly relying on Leo Chanel as a third linebacker in base was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that Justin Reed playing really well over the last month, and it just doesn't matter because receivers are running into Juan Thornhill and they're calling the penalty on Juan Thornhill. <laughs> yeah, no, that was bad. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was – sometimes they call two penalties in one play just in case. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys discussed the revenge game of what Carl Jeffers, uh, <laughs> but it's like you keep, like as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, Justin Reed had a really good game in terms of tackling, being in the right spots in coverage. Again, these are, I guess you could say, again, minor notes that could translate carry over over the course of the next three weeks and Saturday's game. Um, George Karloftis played really well. When he wasn't asked to do, you know, quarterback read options. <laughs> like, outside of that, excellent. Uh, so he appears to be improving. And, you know, they got him a few times on like, hey, like, you know, hey, man, that's it's RPO. <laughs> the quarterback can't keep the ball. Uh, even if he is Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. Um, you know, I think it's great that Carrius Tony looked reasonable in his limited snaps and has stayed healthy and will be available for Saturday's game. Um, you know, because the game is Saturday, we got the full injury report today on Thursday. I know Josh, you're going to give us all the details on that, uh, briefly here. Um, and look, I know no one wants to really acknowledge it. I know the competition wasn't particularly high, Orlando Brown played well on Sunday. You gotta you gotta stack the wins where you can. I mean, so that's that's fine by me. Um, <laughs> stack the wins. Yeah. I mean, you now, gotta look. We they, they didn't do enough against the Texans, but if Orlando Brown and Justin Reed did, I'm I'm good to take that. Uh, since you mentioned it, there's there was an illness bug clearly going around the defensive line room that that had a lot of guys missing time. Now Colin Saunders is the only one. Um, that is now listed as doubtful for Saturday. Uh, Mike Dana is questionable, as is Dion Bush. Jody Fortson is already ruled out because he has an elbow subluxation. Yeah. That doesn't he, sound great. It does sound like Blake Bell's pretty close to returning. I wonder if there's an IR swap coming there. It could be because um, Jody didn't practice all week, and if you rewatch Sunday's game, I believe his injury either occurs or gets really aggravated on the incredible catch by Marcus Valdez-Gantlin in the end zone. So, yeah, I don't know at this point. We, it, it sounds like from what Reed said today, jumping jumping my way if I'm wrong, Nate, but um, from what Andy Reed said today, it seems like McCole Hardman's not going to be quite back just yet, but it sounds like Blake Bell could be, which is interesting because maybe they legit view him as tight end four at this point, if or, or maybe they got really lucky on the timing of Blake Bell and Jody Fortson. But they opened his practice window, and Andy Reid sounds optimistic by the end of 
that first week of his practice window being open, which has not been the case for any of the other guys who have come off IR this year. That is true. Um, I'm, I'm glad you you said that because um, Reed likes to take things slowly, but you might be right in terms of the timing just working out, um, I guess, fortuitously for the team's sake. Um, you know, Blake Bell has been doing this obviously long enough to where you could feel comfortable sort of putting him on the field earlier versus a younger player. Um, and also, too, uh, this just tells you how important Reed believes having two tight end sets and the occasional three tight end sets in this iteration of the offense. Um, even if it is Blake Bell in his first game action since the preseason opener. Um, but this is a decision that the team could make on Friday uh, where they could elevate him if they do put Jody Fortson on short term IR or if they. Um, you know, one person I thought in mind was, you know, Jack Cochran, which does limit your linebacking numbers uh, because right now they have five linebackers. Jack Cochran is the undrafted rookie um, who's played really well on special teams, all things considered. But if you think Blake Bell can do that um, and if you want to keep Jody Fortson on the active roster for the next few weeks instead of just basically – um, putting him on short-term IR, which would remove him until, I believe, the divisional round of the postseason, or maybe those rules change once you get into the um, postseason in and of itself, then then that's sort of the discussion that they're going to have to have today and, and early tomorrow when they go through the walkthrough on Friday. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, should we talk about punter beef? Mm. Um, we, we landed on on this on the zone uh, yesterday. Today? We came up yeah. with the uh, we came up with the phrase "kicky leaks." That's what we're that's what we're calling the uh, the the conversations that have been had involving now um, Dustin Colquitt, a tweet from Tommy Townsend, and then uh, some comments from Harrison Butker as well. Can, can you tell me what Tommy Townsend's tweet was? I can go pull it up again. Yeah, I'm. Don't it, Andy Reid was always right. This is just a paraphrase. Don't listen to people who are outside the building because they don't know what they're talking about. And in oh, this case, okay, <laughs> like all that all that matters is you know the people in the building. Uh, sorry, I have to scroll down his timeline a little bit because the things that are now on his timeline are a special teams player of the week award and a Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl award. <laughs> so uh, it's really put all this in a funny context. Yeah, this Seth was very, very close, but I wanted to get the exact phrasing right because it it matters, I think. Um, Coach Reed preaches this all the time. Don't listen to people outside of the building. They have no idea what they're talking about. Back to work this week preparing for Seattle. Now that directly follows up tweets from Dustin Colquitt. It's not at him, but it's following those. Um, and then Colquitt also is it? came on is 810 it? this is week. Is it? Yeah, is it? Is. Is it? Uh, Colquitt also came on 810 this week. And uh, on the Border Patrol, he uh, he said that told a couple stories about like the rotation of the seams. It's kind of convoluted. And if you want all the details, Cole could explain it really well, but I won't explain it as well. Uh, go check out the, the podcast of the interview. But I, uh, I Colquitt explains the, the rotation of the ball wanting to go away from the kicker where the kicker can see it as opposed to back around explaining this to Townsend in the building. And uh, when they were both uh, there at the same time and Townsend's response being, oh, you think so? Which Colquitt took offense to, and, and uh, later no, took offense might even be a bit strong. But he he later said taking uh, it back, that, that Townsend, taking it back. He, he later said that Townsend was being a smart aleck about it. And the last time I heard anyone call anyone else a smart aleck was when John Gruden used the phrase "smart aleck bus driver" uh, shortly after the Raiders took a victory lap around Arrowhead. So it's just been kind of some weird vibes. I thought Butker in the locker room handled it well uh, when he was uh, asked about a lot of that stuff. Uh, Dave Tobe's comments were interesting, but that's just sort of setting the stage. Um, Seth, you just you, I, I feel like it's your turn to talk, and I want to know what you think about the beef, and then Nate, I want to know what you think about what's going on here, because it's just been very strange that the Chiefs locked up their seventh consecutive division title before Christmas, and now this entire week has literally been about holding, which I've learned a lot about it, but it's also a strange place to be this late in a regular season. I think just for one interesting thing, I thought Dave Taub's comment that, you know, you know, I don't need someone. Fascinating to... way to pronounce his name. <laughs> Did I get it wrong again? I mean, oh, I said it a different have. way just a second ago, and you kind of thought, let me put my own fun spin on it, and I respect that. That's what Tommy Townsend's doing too. Josh, I have literally never his own fun spin on the ball. thing that you've said. And it I, hurts that, me. That I understand. That, <laughs> that I haven't learned that yeah, yet. Like, what do I have to do? Honestly. Honestly. It's like you don't even care that I'm not listening. It's hurtful. 
Um, he, he gaslit his good friend. <laughs> um, no, no, it's told, isn't it? Yeah. How? Yeah, you're so good. here's what you're happens. Good. Okay, when I say his name, this is the the thing that happens to me every single time now. Is oh man, I got this wrong last night, last time, and this, this is like the last hundred times, right? So oh, I got this wrong last time because I always think it's. Oh, no, which one did I think it was last time? Because I always think it's, and what I do every single time is, because I always think it's Tobe, but it's actually Taub, and it's the reverse every time. That is the exact thing that happened in my brain as I was talking, and once again, I got it wrong. It's Tobe, 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 it's Tobe. Like Toby from The Office. It's Tobe. I didn't, and you know what? I didn't I didn't try to push Nate on my my Leo Chanel agenda because... I I think the Chiefs in in like Wisconsin said that it was Chanel. Uh, I'm just I'm letting it run sometimes at this point, you know. <laughs> um, look, has I don't I don't need to I don't need to be I need to be a respectful journalist because you know there's been some issues of like I have tried to remember this man's name. It has escaped me because I am not a professional broadcaster, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, which is why you're here, honestly, for these moments. I think it's Chanel. I I at one point, like shortly before the season, remember having the thought that I had definitively found out it was Chanel? From, a, from a from a reliable source. I think it was just like a chief pronunciation guide or something. It might have been Dane Brugler's draft guide. Honestly, it was Chanel, like the like the brand. But. I can't I can't trust anything on the internet. That's true. So anyway, anyway, Seth, you were saying something about Dave Tulip. <laughs> I think it's actually Yeah, you know what? I can't be I think it's actually I think it's actually Tau. I think it's a soft B. Oh, it's mm. a silent B. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It might be Yogging. Uh, there we go with the twenty-year-old movie references. So this is how people felt. Like this is like how I felt when like my dad would reference like Caddyshack or something. You know, like that's what I do to people now. That's that's great. My wife also had to spray sunscreen on my bald spot. It's been a rough, rough last couple weeks for me in terms of my own vanity. Oh no! No, she did it by surprise too. So she's spraying me with this suntan stuff. Because she's a great wife. And I'm like, thanks, babe. And I turn around and I hear, Psh, and I feel it on the back of my head. And I whip around. I was like, what was that? She's like holding, like she got caught stealing something. She's like, nothing. I was like, what? Did you just, oh, no. did you spray that in the back of my head? She's like, no. <laughs> Which, can we? She knew. Like, she like, knew hey, what. But I was like, well, why? She's like, well, I don't, baby. I'm, I just don't want you to get sunburned. It's like, that's what my hair will protect me from. And she was like, <laughs> And I was like, you've been listening to Times Ours. Don't Nate me. Like, don't Nate me here. <laughs> and so and then um, we took like some special family pictures that were great. And I was like, <sighs> boarding out to her in a dress shirt and tie, which, by the way, not my idea. But she wanted me to do it. So I did it because I love her. And as I'm going out there, you, know, you can see the back of my head. And I'm like, <gasps> so it's been a rough, rough last couple weeks for me in terms of that stuff. When are we? Unrelated, but when are we gonna get those pictures? Yeah, I'm for not sure. showing they you the back of my head. Yeah, but we did take. No, no, no. You got no, no, no. You got Jazz's number, right, Josh? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Did I answer that too fast? <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was quick. Um. Anyway, 
<laughs> if I, not, I can just I, get it from Holly. Yeah, no, um. yeah, I, I will provide all pictures. My, I have a beautiful family, and I'm there too. Plus, I just think I just think the idea of you on a paddleboard with in full like dress attire has really strong meme potential that I'd like to I'd like to get a first crack at if I could. Oh, absolutely. Here, here, here's what I can. Someone do this for us. I'm being extremely serious. Can they take the last two minutes and clip it for us and send it to Mike White? Can they do that? Um, Josh, you know who Mike White is? The the Jets quarterback or a different one? No, nah, the other the other Mike White. I don't know if I know the other Mike. I, I know one Mike White, and I don't think he's got a bald spot. Um, Seth, did anybody die on your vacation? <laughs> Nobody died. Okay, that n- nonetheless, uh, can we send this to Mike White, the writer and director of White Lotus? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I made it. I made a. I did make a joke about the other Mike White on Twitter around when people were tweeting about uh, White Lotus. I. Um, it's a. It's an excellent show, but we really do need this to be like part of a couple's um, theme for season three. Fantastic! Just, I love that. She was just so like. She really thought she could get away with doing that without me noticing. But anyway, I apologize for the road that I've taken us down. Sounds like a wife on the White Lotus. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so Dave Tobe had it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Special teams. He, I thought his quote that they don't uh, uh, like he doesn't need, you know, a former player to tell him for him to make an adjustment. If I were choosing, like, if I were cross-examining someone who said that to me, I would say, so adjustments are needed, is what you're saying. That would have been my follow-up question. But obviously, when you're working in a media thing, you know, it's a little bit different. You're not, you know, people aren't under oath. You're not allowed to badger them. Well, you can. But, <laughs> sure but then you, you have to issue apologies <laughs> on Twitter. It's a whole deal. So, um, Tried to chase. Did he really? <sighs> okay. Just, hey, hey, man, let's just. I'm just saying, peep, me thinks they doth protest too much. That's all. And I'll tell you what, we weren't, it wasn't the biggest story in Chiefs football three days ago. Like, <laughs> this, like Colquitt put this on the, in, under the, the spotlight. If, if that really was his did. goal, it yeah. works. Right. That, and that was his goal. Um, like, I'll, I'll just say that for him. Like, he, um, he's trying to educate while also trying to get the team to be accountable in a more public way in a more public way than the team would like, which is what Tommy Towson told everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also wonder if Andy was like, I'm going to need you to put that out there. Ooh, if we're back, if we're back on another level of, did he tell Matt Nagy to give Patrick Mahomes the checks before the draft meeting? Like how, how many layers deep does this go? Ooh. Hey, a uh, co- hey, coach wants you to come into his office. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe he did the Ron Rivera, where it was like he looked stern, and then he was like, "Congratulations, you've 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 made the Pro Bowl." <laughs> While also, which by the way, one of the more heartwarming videos. Oh yeah, been put out this killer, year really by killer. an NFL team. Um, maybe, maybe you know, maybe maybe that's where Ron Rivera got it from. You know, maybe Andy Reid's out here like, you know, got a look on his face like I might need to cut you, but also you made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, before you leave this room, you got your phone with you. <laughs> Type it word for word as I see it, son. 
going to need you to put it out there that we don't listen to people who are not in the yeah, building. This and, and by the and by the way, before you hit send, let me let me let me get my glasses close to the screen. Let me review that. Okay, you can put that out there. Yep. I could believe that. Very much so. Um I also maybe 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 he had a follow-up conversation with, I don't know, another player on the team who plays in a different position group. Like, look, you probably aren't gonna play this week. Maybe you're not feeling a little well. And I need you to just spend all day tweeting. Like these mother bleepers up! Just, which, by the way, I completely support players getting after it. Like, depending on how you do it, there there was some stuff that last year I think was not okay, but we don't really need to get into that. I mean, we could. That... And you know what? I've never, I've never looked at a fun size Snickers bar the same. <laughs> Gosh, I didn't. <laughs> fun size Snickers bar. Anyway, I, I do think. I mean, players are people, and we continually get this idea. One thing that bothers me, um, for which maybe this on its own is is hypocritical, but hypocrisy bothers me, and I think it bothers most people. Well, like but something that really annoys me is that fans will just crap all over players constantly, right or wrong. And the minute a player claps back, right or wrong, they're like, they act as though they're just aghast. <laughs> Not all the time. Right. And, and and I get why people get irritated because like 80% of Chiefs fans on Twitter are like, yeah, go get them, bury that loser, you know, or something that someone under the age of 37 would say. Um <laughs> like most, most fans on Twitter are very supportive, but if if you're on Twitter and you're listening to like the 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 bottom ten percent of people, well, okay, the bottom twenty percent of people, let's say the bottom thirty percent, because Twitter's mean. Like you're gonna be fighting people all day every day, and I get the uti- the lack of utility of that, but there's no utility in any of it. So why do we get so bothered when players do it? It's useless when I do it too, and it's useless when you do it to eat Arby's. And it just, so anyway, that was just it was just a little theory. It's like, look, it's useless when you tweet. It's useless when I tweet Robin Arby's. Yeah, yeah Robin Arby's. Someone <laughs> said Robin Arby's. Uh, hi, real quick. Hi, this is, excuse me. I'm, I'm Josh's lawyer. And I just want to really quick hop in and say, please do not Robin Arby's. Don't rob anything. That was Josh making a joke. Will, please don't commit any crime. Because if, if you commit one, you might go missing for a few days. While you're in custody, and a lot of people will be unjustifiably worried about you. <laughs> and then when you come back, it is going to be the worst day of your Twitter oh life. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? what? How many mentions do you think? 3,000? 5,000? Oh, no. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, McAfee was tweet- has been tweeting about it for, yes. for three days. Are you kidding me? And that's that's how you know it was bad when like PFT commentator picked it up. and or I mean, just the whole thing. Man, you're having a lot tra- last uh, name problem whatever. here. Whatever. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I, I, I've dragged lesson. this far afield, but I, I do think I do think there's a little bit of me thinks they doth protest too much going on with the special teams yeah. group. And I also I understand maybe Colquitt might have some hard feelings, this, that, and the other thing about Well, here's one thing that he said on the radio that I don't think I knew. Harrison Butker is one of the godfathers of a child of his. Right. Like they are close, and he was in that battery from Winchester down for to- for for Butker with Tobe coaching. 
Like I the 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 vibe that I got off of it was, and I haven't talked to Colquitt. I'm taking this off what he said on the morning show, but like. I think he's kind of tired of feeling like Harrison Butker's getting more criticism than he's earned. And bingo. That's it. And that that really, like, people act like this is some kind of, like, Colquitt is bitter. I think Colquitt really likes Harrison Butker. Based on the little we know about both of them personally, I think they probably share a lot of the same beliefs. There's no little in that <laughs> sentence. Yeah. No, we, we know that for yeah. a fact. That is not, you are not projecting. <laughs> There's so many jokes I want to make right now that I yep. might be more yeah. in a position to make than almost anyone who covers yeah. the Chiefs. And I'm still going to back off for here because... Boy, that's disappointing. You want to text him to us or well, something? No, we can just give it a ranking out of 10. Or... tweeting about Butker about after he kicked the game-winning field goal. And I just... I It's an issue that even I'm not going to touch. So, um, they, they obviously care about each other a lot. They're friends. And if you're Dustin Colquitt and you professionally, along with being a punter, you were a holder, which is, there's way more that goes into that than people realize. Like, a whole lot more. And you did it for... Which we learned about today, which is cool. Yeah, which is great. And you see your really good buddy just getting crapped on. And the guy who's doing the holding, if, in your opinion, you're seeing some stuff, like, ah, this isn't the one saying, hey, I got to do something better. Maybe he's just like, you know what? Harrison's too good a dude to say, hey, I got to be better. And we as a group need to be better or something. Right. And so right. he's like, well, fine. I can say something too. And that's what it feels like to me. And I'm not saying he's even 100% right. Maybe he is a little bit bitter. But like the idea, because I see people, oh, wow, he's, he's just bitter. It's like, no, you just automatically want to disbelieve whoever is not right this second affiliated with the Chiefs. Um, I don't know if it's gotten lost, but I'll just remind everyone building off exactly what Seth just said and, you know, obviously Josh telling you guys, Dustin Colquitt says this is a meticulous part of football. You can't be sloppy with something that's meticulous. Yep. And Dustin Colquitt basically told everyone that the three guys involved have been sloppier than they have been at any point since they've been together in 2020. And I just believe Dustin Colquitt. Yeah. Um, James Winchester has had some inconsistent snaps. And if it's one or two, that's more than in 2019 right. or 2020. Right. Um, and that's unfortunate, but that's like how the job is sort of evaluated. Um, Dustin Colquitt's right when he says Tommy doesn't put the ball exactly where it is or where it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to be every time. He's factually true about that. Whether Tommy Townsend wants to hear it or not, whether the fact Andy Reid needs another quote-unquote distraction to be surrounding the team right now as it gets ready for postseason one, which is hilarious to me because it's week 16. And this is one of the most fascinating things to talk about a team that is 11 and three and has the MVP on the roster. Yes. And this, and this is a quote unquote distraction. And also Harrison Bucker has also been inconsistent more than any other time in his career. Um, So it's, 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 it's cold quit sort of explaining that it's all three of them being inconsistent, but also you guys just aren't looking at the holder. Um, and so let me 
sort of hopefully enlighten everybody, even though, yes, there's interpersonal relationships that are obviously sort of intertwined in this. Um, The other thing that I'll say is I'll give you the perspective of Harrison Bucker, who on Tuesday had the unevenable task (laughs) of of talking about all of this. Hey, Harrison, Um, who's right here and who's lying between the guy who is the best holder you've ever had and your current holder? Yeah. Yeah. The guy beside your godfather to or and just another dude teammate who, <laughs> or just co-worker. another he's a guy i'm sure guy. they get along fine but he's a co-worker that's not the same thing um i'll just i'll just summarize it this way ladies and gentlemen harrison bucker didn't say anything negatively about tommy townsend he also did not defend tommy townsend yep. which and for what it's worth i thought harrison bucker navigated all of that as well as you could have almost possibly navigated it with that, with that being said. And he's also right. That says no matter what happens, if my foot hits the ball, got to go through the uprights, you know, also seems reasonable. Yeah, man. And that's, I mean, and to be fair, we did reach a point with Butker cause he's had some issues with some of the shorter stuff, but in game winning situations, he's been nails for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we've really reached kind of a weird point where like, we're shocked. Like, I mean, shocked. That he missed a 51-yard game winner. Like, and I was, I was like, holy crap. Like, I did not expect that. And maybe that does go into kind of the inconsistency of it all and a little more carelessness. Whereas, you know, maybe that wouldn't hit as hard in game-winning situations, because you know you're gonna approach a little more carefully, but eventually that stuff catches up. And, and it is, it's an interesting thing. I don't know really how much it actually matters, honestly. I don't. I don't think it's that big a deal. I think they'll get it right. Um, you know, Dave, Dave Toe, you know, whatever his last name is. Um, they'll, they'll work on it. But again, I, when I look at the sum of it, I think the thing that just irks me about the situation is just this automatic jump to, oh, Colquitt must be lying. Like, what would that gain him? Like, what? Like, oh, oh he'll get some attention. What? You, you really think, like, if he wanted attention, he could do all sorts of things. Like... I just don't understand what people's automatic, their automatic reaction is to always believe whoever happens to be wearing the laundry right now. And that's like, yeah, maybe that's not really how it works. Especially when one of those guys, again, I'm not saying Tommy Townsend sucks and is a liar. I'm just, Dustin Colquitt literally did it for 15 years. And he also literally did it with this long snapper and this kicker and this special teams coach. He is not an exaggeration the single most qualified person on planet Earth who has ever lived to specifically give his commentary about the job Tommy Townsend is doing right mm. now. Yeah. Tommy mm. Townsend might be his second, and he maybe maybe for specifically Tommy himself, maybe he's number one. But in terms of anyone evaluating that from the quote-unquote outside, he is as qualified as you could literally ever be, and he has made that pretty clear. So I, and frankly, I don't know if we're just seeing different people or what I I have not seen a whole lot of people doubting Dustin Colquitt because his credentials are beyond reproach. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That, that That's about it. Like, that's a really good way of summing it up. And it's just an interesting story. And then 
I, I'm telling you, I would, I'm half convinced that Colin Saunders is like, I'm going to take some heat off my guys here. Because he, he seems like a good teammate, honestly. And by the way, I appreciate the, the Saunders tweets. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the tweets themselves, because I think athletes can tweet out fans. He didn't really attack anyone, like, really personally. Mm-hmm. He's like, he explained this to me. You could tell he was annoyed. But overall, I mean, it was fine. I don't necessarily agree with his, like, hey, we're, we're fourth in sacks. So how could it? I, there's an interesting conversation to be had there yes, in the yes. statistical overall results the Chiefs have achieved with their pass rush, which those in some stats, they're good. Not just sacks either, but but hurries and pressures. They, their, their stats in that area are good. And contrary to what people think, their blitz rate is like, so, like 11th, 12th in the league. It's gone down over the uh, most recent. That, by the way, it was also one of my minor minor notes from from Sunday's game. They like Spags basically was like, I just want to see how everybody handles fundamentals, and like yeah. we're playing we're playing too high man guys on a lot of these snaps, and I just got to see it fundamentally. Can you do it? Like Darius Harris, not great. All right, let's put Leo Chanel in there. Um, they played a little bit more zone. They blitzed at times in the second half, but they have not blitzed nearly as much as they did early in the year over the last three games, I believe, uh, statistically. Is that a is that a just keeping bullets in the chamber kind of thing? Is that is that unfair? I think it's I, I think that's totally fair, and I also think it's part of the competition too, right? Yeah. Um, they didn't really want to blitz Joe Burrow. Um, because he obviously ate their lunch last year doing that. Um, and then with Russell Wilson in a limited offense, whether it's Houston or Denver, um, just, I don't know, cover and tackle. Like, it doesn't have to be that um, exotic, I guess, from Spagnuolo's standpoint. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there's definitely truth to that, Josh. Um, you, uh, I mean, everyone's mentioned Patrick Mahomes now, at least at one point, and I want to, I want to give Seth some time to, to cook us up something delicious here, because it's already available up on the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Seth, making the arguments, uh, for Patrick Mahomes as NFL MVP, Jalen Hurts officially ruled out for this upcoming week, so Patrick Mahomes now mm. is a pretty substantial betting favorite to an MVP. Weird stuff's gonna happen as the, the season goes on. Um, you've gotten from the nerd stuff to some other stuff in here, Seth. I certainly don't want you to go just all the way down your, what, nine-point bullet point list. People can can check that out, again, on the newsletter. Um, but but what is your what is your favorite argument or, or, or your favorite arguments for Patrick Mahomes' MVP case? My favorite argument is probably, if I were going to pick one, I'll pick one statistic and then explain why the counter-argument to it makes no sense. Does that work? Love it. I love so, it. And the statistics, by the way, the statistics are so good that it's – I could have done more than nine. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- however you wanted to do it. This, what I went with that I thought was maybe the most sensible thing is quarterback – or the offenses, but the quarterback as well – his expected points added per play, and as we've talked about, expected points added is you're 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 moving the sticks and you're moving the ball forward. So if you are facing third and ten from the fifty yard line, you are a lot less likely to score than if you say you pick up twelve yards, you get a first down. Well, now you've moved the moved the moved the chains. You you've got a new set of downs. 
and you're 12 yards closer. So you're more likely to score. You've added expected points. That's all EPA is. And I think most people know that by now, but I never want people to like, you know what I mean? I don't want a weird gatekeeping mm-hmm. thing happening there. Absolutely. <laughs> EPA per play. And then completion percentage over expected, which is just basically a conglomeration of how often is this pass completed at that distance, at that spot on the field on average. And those are two quarterback efficiency metrics. Uh, Completion percentage above expected, I think that's affected a little bit too much by receivers, but whatever. EPA per play. And when you look at with win probability, where it's outside of garbage time, Patrick Mahomes, one of my favorite things to do is to find these scatter plots where Mahomes is just top right. And you can tell like <laughs> the the boundaries of the scatter plot have been affected because of his numbers. And that's exactly what the quarterback efficiency scatter plot for non-garbage time looks like. No one is close to him in efficiency, moving the ball, EPA per play, and no one's that close to him in completion percentage above expected. That would be, if I were to trumpet one stat, no one moves their offense better than Patrick Mahomes or even close, especially outside of garbage time and third down, but whatever. And here's the counter argument to the thing that's gonna that's been said about Mahomes every year, right? Well, how much help does Mahomes need? If you Yeah, put, I mean he's got he's got Travis Kelsey and Tyree yeah, Kill. If, like yeah. this is silly. If you put blah 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 behind there. They would be doing the exact same thing, and Mahomes would be doing worse than what they're doing. Right? That's always the argument. Imagine for I, I'm sorry, I know you're I know you're gonna actually have a better argument, but imagine for five seconds, Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes switching teams, and then and then barf and, and undo that in your mind. But like, just think about what Justin I mean, Jefferson ahead, sorry, would have 4,500 yards receiving if Patrick. Mahomes. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. Anyway. The, his, he's quietly a better MVP candidate than Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Whoa! And, and, and this is because you can, and, and we'll get there because Jalen Hurts, and here's the problem. By doing this, you you have to enter into that realm of kind of tearing down quarterbacks. And you don't want to because Jalen Hurts, I'm sorry, he's Jaylen. been great this year. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Great player, sorry, playing super sorry. well. They've built their system around his skill set, which is unique, and he's done a killer job. He's Shout out to that coach. Yeah, yeah, he's developed as a passer. He's a great runner. A really, 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 really good player. That AJ Brown helps. Yeah, yeah, that said, <laughs> that said, is he even the most important player on that offense? Probably, no. but maybe not. Because you take A.J. Brown off, and a lot changes there. It's kind of like the... Ar- That's my yeah. boy. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like the arguments earlier this year with Tua, where it was like, he's not even the most valuable player on his own team. That's Tyreek Hill. And you could see that. So here's what I would say. The immediate argument is, well, he has so much help. The Chiefs have alleviated that. <laughs> he has basically an entirely new wide receiver group this year. And if you compare rosters, and this is actually one of my favorite things, um, Joy Taylor, who I think does a great job, she's really stumping really hard for, for Jalen Hurts. And one of her things was, well, these teams are basically the same, except the Eagles have a way better defense. What she's, so even the number one proponent for Jalen Hurts to win MVP, what she's implicitly admitting there is that their offenses are the same, which let, I don't even know if I'd agree with that, but we can talk about that in a second. But even, so let's say we assume that she's right. The strongest proponent for Jalen Hurts winning the MVP. Let's assume her argument is correct that their offenses are the same. Then why is Patrick Mahomes statistically so much better? And shouldn't that matter? 
if their offenses are the same. And then you telling me that, and Travis Kelsey's incredible. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster's been good. Mahomes has a really good situation, right? Is it better than A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, easily the best offensive line in the NFL, and Dallas, someone say his last name for me because I'm going to get it wrong, but he's... Goddard. Goddard. Oh, man, you'd think I would get that. Of all Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean... Lane Johnson. And they have... Yes. Jason Kelsey. <laughs> they, they have an incredible offensive line. And Mahomes, his two tackles, have given up the most pressures in the league. Now, they pass the ball more, so that's part of it. But also, they haven't been... They've been up and down this year. Mahomes does not have more help than these guys. He does not have more help than, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst. He doesn't have more help than that. Let's, it's, it's basically, let's call it a wash this year, right? Say it's equivalent. And Mahomes is crushing them statistically. That should be enough. Also, just, well, you know what? No, I did my two favorite things. If, well, what's your third favorite? My third favorite thing is just, did you watch? The, the last game, the Chiefs did everything they could to lose. They're like, man, I wonder mm-hmm. if we turn this ball over right here. Man. And I mean, the ref and this never, it's it's a loser's excuse, but they won, like I said earlier this week. So it's not a loser's excuse. Carl Sheffers did everything he could, man. That was like, <laughs> that was bad. That was like, come on, man. Like, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know he just made the extra, I know he just made the field go. <sighs> Did he jump over the did he jump over? Yeah, the I know. Did he throw a flat? Throw a flat. He? Hold on, hold on. New York is paging me in. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. What do you mean? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is no flag on the play. Phil Golden tip. Good. We no, got no, a no, tie no. game. Pick up the flag. Pick up the flag, boys. You know, I bet Juju Smith Schuster did fumble that. And yeah, he grabbed the ball there while he was sitting down. But then he let it go. And the other guy grabbed it. <laughs> Clear recovery. <laughs> when they came back from commercial break, I sat there staring at my TV. Just like, that could possibly be right. There's no way. So, but you know why they didn't lose? Because Mahomes was unbelievable. He, what do you have? Five incomplete passes? And five. And one of them was an unbelievable throw. Leavable throw. A laser to Justin Watson. Who, man, Justin, it wasn't perfect. But it like it's not like he really even had to slow down. You gotta catch that man. He had to he had to flatten a little. But that's because Mahomes is running for his life, rolling right in the end zone, throws it fifty plus yards in the air on the run, all arm. And Watson's one of the like, other ah, close, but nah. one of the other four incompletions was to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And like we talked about on Monday, I think Trent Green was saying like that's maybe Mahomes reading it wrong or whatever because MVS was in the space, whatever it was. That was also a catchable football and would have been a huge gain. Yep. And and that's, that's kind of where these things have, um, that's where these things, you, you just watch it and that it's obvious how valuable Mahomes is to the chiefs because the Eagles, like anyone that says hurts is the MVP. If you ask them, who do you think has the best roster in the NFL? If they say anyone, but the Eagles, they're lying to you. Like maybe top to bottom, maybe the Niners might have a better roster. Maybe he's on a, he's on a rookie contract. He's on a rookie contract, and they've done a great job taking advantage of it. Great job. They got a great GM, but it's so clear. And that you could always just ask the other thing: 
What do you think would happen if Jalen Hurts, who's on a rookie contract, so is in one of the most valuable positions that you can be in on a rookie deal, right? That's the most valuable thing in, in, in sports, basically, is a really good quarterback on a rookie deal. If the Eagles called, let you, you suspend all the rules, and the Eagles called the Chiefs right now, said, hey, we will trade you Jay, Jalen Hurts and next year's first rounder for Patrick Mahomes, do you think they even get through that sentence before Brett Veach hangs up? No, absolutely not. No, Brett. The if if the if the call is not disconnected, Veach has muted it and started yelling for other people to come into yeah. his office so they can hear this. And they're trying to hold it together. Like, no, yep. Sorry. Hey, uh, get, run that by me one more time. I just wanted to write it down. How we just said, like, <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. What would it take? Hurts and two first rounders wouldn't do it. And Hertz is a good quarterback, mind you. And he's on a rookie deal. That's really, what else do you need to know about who has more value? And the problem is, I hate doing it this way because it's like you're tearing down Hertz, who's had a, spe- a spectacular season. But there's a gap there, and that's just because of how great Patrick Mahomes has been. I have nothing to add to that. So should we talk about the Seahawks briefly? Yes. Sure. Let's talk uh, about just, yeah. depth. Let's not... Well, that's the thing is we're at we're 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 closing in on the end of the show just time wise. Um, I also need to I have a, a, another addition that I'll, I'll bring later on in the show, but I've already on the record said I like the Seahawks plus the points here. So you're not, which I also like the Texans plus the points. I didn't think it was going to be overtime or anything, but um, I there's that's my token respect for this week is I I think nine and a half is way too many. Um, other than that though, what what should we be looking at going into this game, Nate? Um, the Seattle Seahawks struggle with stopping the run. Um, This is a game where I feel like Isaiah Pacheco and Ronald Jones could have success between the tackles. Um, We know what Jarrett McKinnon can do in his role. That won't change. Um, One of the things I am fascinated about is, you know, the 49ers were like, hey, Traverius Ward, you're going to follow that guy. That guy being DK Metcalf. Mm. And we know, uh, I should pull up the next-gen stats here, but basically, Traverse Ward won the matchup overwhelmingly. Um, You know, DK Metcalf did not have a big completion, did not have over 40 yards, I believe, in his receptions um, when Traverse Ward was the nearest defender. All this is to say is that you know Steve Spagnuolo not going to do that. Um, It's hilarious to me because in 2018... Just before Christmas, Traverius Ward's first start was against the Seattle Seahawks, and he had a welcome to the NFL just night uh, where they just ID'd him in one-on-one coverages and 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 Russell Wilson threw gorgeous deep balls to, to help the Seahawks beat the Chiefs. This time, it's a trio of cornerbacks, so DK Metcalf is going to have his opportunities against, I believe, all three because something that has happened over the last – Two weeks. And again, one of these minor notes. The Chiefs have been, I guess, comfortable. And I don't know how many teams are doing this. But it's like this series is for Justin. Or this series is for uh, Joshua Williams. Two series later. Hey, is that that Jalen Watson out there? And then two series later. Joshua Williams is back on the field. They're just rotating them like it's a preseason game. Mm-hmm. 
in the last two weeks against the Broncos and the Texans, so maybe you could say it's a lack of respect. Maybe you could say we're trying to find a way to limit their snaps as we get ready for the postseason, or this is sort of a soft audition for the postseason role because clearly McDuffie's Mm. played 99% of the snaps when he's been on the field. Um, You know, LeJarrius Sneed's going to play outside and inside, um, you know, when they're in nickel. And so it's just been really interesting to me that like Jerry Judy cooked both of them at times, but also they did really well against the Houston Texans. Mm. So it's kind of at an even race. Um, but it is also one of those things that coaches will tell you, we're doing this now for the postseason. And if something happens with, you know, uh, Jalen Watson's right hand, because he's still playing through his hand injury, well, at least Joshua Williams hadn't been just sitting on the bench for two months um, and vice versa. So how the Seattle Seahawks decide who to go after, because what the Bengals did by about the second quarter is we need to line you up against Joshua Williams at all times. Cause Trent McDuffie, he good. Um, and we don't need to make this harder. <laughs> like, so I wonder if the Seahawks will do something similar with DK Metcalf. Cause there is no Tyler Lockett this week. Um, and I'm just interested to see how the rookies perform in frigid temperatures with Geno Smith, obviously playing at a very high level this season. Um, with a team who should be just as comfortable in the cold as the Chiefs are. These neither of these teams are southern. They don't they don't play in domes. Uh obviously they practice outside. But yeah, I think that's the best interesting matchup to again for that game while also projecting towards the postseason is does Joshua Williams play better um against DK Metcalf or is it Jalen Watson or is it both in this sort of race to see who gets the third cornerback spot before the preseason or excuse me, before the postseason starts, um, you know, that this will this will be sort of the next chapter of that. I saw this earlier this week and I'm I'm glad that you brought up Joshua Williams in particular because I was a little surprised by this. Tweeted out the the graphic here from at throw the damn ball, which I appreciate, and then uh, data from PFF. But it, it was uh, PFF uh, grades for corners this year at preventing separation, the raw separation grade. Trent McDuffie is second in the yep. entire league right now. Traverius Ward is uh, fifth. Just a little check-in on him. And Joshua Williams is looks like nine or ten. I'm, I'm going to have to count it out here. But I didn't know that, that Joshua Williams had um, been appropriately in the pockets of all of these guys because whenever he does lose, it seems like it's, it's a, a big play or at least a big deal. But ultimately, as like a consistency metric, that that seems like a pretty good one to me. I'm also sure there's context there that would be really important to add. But just an interesting data point where McDuffie has been tremendous by that metric. And and Joshua Williams has been top 10 in the league. Yeah, basically what the Chiefs did in the draft was uh, the Jets got top 11 in the league because it's exactly 11 on this chart. Yeah. Don't want to give up. So (laughs) so the Jets. Uh, drafted Sauce Gardner. Great job, guys. Uh, he is the defensive player of the year. Like, don't get it twisted. Um, and also, the Chiefs, further in the first round of the draft, drafted the player right next to Sauce Gardner in mm-hmm. coverage. Seems now, good to me. Seems really good. Now, the last thing for McDuffie, I believe, is getting a little bit better in, in zone matching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
you know, I think he has excellent ball skills. It just needs to translate into a game, you know. So he hasn't he hasn't had as many opportunities as the other guys, but um he may have the best ball skills if you are trying to get a cornerback to create a turnover that is not first produced by the pressure applied by Chris Jones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the only way the Chiefs are allowed to get turnovers. So that that <laughs> appears to be the case over the last month, Seth. Yeah. That's I will not, I won't do it. And this time I really won't do it. Not like the last time I said I wouldn't do it. And then I cooked for like 10 minutes. Um with the Seahawks, I'm really this is a really good opportunity for the secondary because it's almost flown under the radar because of how bad their defense has been. And and Geno Smith has cooled off a little. He's still playing really, really well, but he's not like, you know, he was like on pace with Mahomes early in the year, right? And he's, that's dropped off a little, but he's still playing really, really well. And because that's dropped off just a tad because their defense is so bad, it's kind of fallen under the radar that this, this duo at wide receiver has an argument for the best one-two punch in the league. Um, I don't think it's them. I don't think it's Metcalf Lockett, but they're, I mean, they're in the conversation for, you know, the top two or three. And that's a really good opportunity for the secondary to continue to get better because, man, they're young. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to see that because Geno Smith, he especially, he's been beating teams over the top. And that's something the Chiefs have been a little more vulnerable to this year. Mm -hmm. Lockett's not playing in this game though. So that is. Oh, is Lockett out? Yes. Yeah, that's I actually I I had to reconfirm that when Nate said it about a minute and a half ago. Um that was my confirmation. Mm. And he said it on this podcast. Did he really? Out loud moments ago. No, he didn't. Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike White. Mike White, we need to create a character <laughs> who does it who ha- who struggles to listen and doesn't know it in the next season? <laughs> of the White that's that's what my heart I'm needs. I'm sorry, okay. Mate, now, no, 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 no. You are, in person. You you are you are an inspiration. You know, I don't know if we can find the male version of Jennifer Coolidge for the next season of Mike White, but I'm here for it. If we can find the that individual male version of Jennifer uh, Coolidge, the male equi- equivalent. Yes. So let me just say. I need you guys to confirm, and I need this. I need you guys to confirm for the people that in person, when we're not recording, and I'm not trying to work simultaneously, I listen a lot better. <sighs> no, I was just trying to decide what I was going to say. Because <laughs> I don't want to lie to the audience, but I also don't want to make you feel bad. Okay, you know what? This is this is similar to when uh, Star Lord ran into Thor for the first time. This is the reminder mm. I needed. I so I just made that analogy two minutes ago. You can't Stop use it. that analogy. Stop again. it. That, that one's gaslighting. That one I gaslight. You. <laughs> <laughs> I was to get back at you for earlier. That's true. That's fair. I this is the reminder Ooh. I needed. I'm gonna commit. I will do a better job listening because until now I really thought my wife was exaggerating this problem. <laughs> You know, it's just we don't need to bring it to light every time, but sometimes it's just 
it would be irresponsible not to make sure the listening audience was 100% sure about the status of Tyler Lockett. Right. Wait, have you guys brought this up to me before? Okay, I'm kidding. That, 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 that <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, I'm going to just throw out a score and then pretend that I believe in it. Uh, I, oh. I, I'm going I'm to say 27-24 Chiefs because nothing can be easy. I said 23-16, I believe. Yeah, I don't really like the over. I think I just gave a score that would hit the over, so this is not financial advice. No, by no means uh, are we are we uh, obligated to these predictions. But twenty twenty three sixteen. I I gotta say I I have seen a little bit of Seattle's defense, and if the Chiefs only put up twenty three on them, although that is the exact sort of thing they do. Yep, because they because they what do they do, Seth? They turn the they ball do over. turn the ball over. Um, I I think. This is a little bit of a get right. They're the number one offense in the league. <laughs> get right. This is well. They turn the ball over. I more think than the Chiefs cracked else. the forty burger for the first time in a while. Um. Wow. In single digit temperatures. Yep. I I think I think that's how it goes. And I also think so. Forty two to forty or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we're gonna have one more week. Of a lot of conversations about the defense, and yeah, maybe maybe we'll be told why it was actually good. Uh, I also want to change my score to just be one that includes a missed extra point. But God, we're gonna be watching those seams. That's that's yeah, twenty so twenty three sixteen. Yeah, that's Josh? good. No, I, I like that, Nate. Uh, twenty three sixteen. That's the. By the way, that the ball's record. gonna be a rock. So <laughs> adjust the range, guys. Adjust Harrison Bucker's range, like. Again, statistically, he's been excellent from about 40 yards and in. Um, he's been about 50-50, 40 yards and out. Uh, with the with the weather the way it is, might want to keep him around that extra point range. Go because what? Oops, sorry. I was because getting, what? I was getting because what? Here. What do they have, Seth? Man, I, I'm missing my cue right now. I don't know. Oh, it's hard to watch. Who, what, what, what is the greatest... Asset in the franchise history. What? What is? What Dustin is Dustin Colquitt? <laughs> they have Patrick Mahomes because they have Patrick Mahomes. I, I really didn't know. I was listening and didn't know the direction you wanted me to go there. They have Patrick <laughs> Levon Mahomes the second. Hey, coach, we could try a forty-two yarder, or we could let Patrick Mahomes have the next That's snap. That's reason I think they might put up like forty. It's going to be like fourth and five on their own thirty. They'll be like, eh, why not? Let's just, you know, or not their own. They'll be on their thirty, the Seahawks thirty. Yeah, and they're just going to say, yeah. ah, might as well. Let's get crazy with it, and thus unlock the final version of this offense in which they never punt unless they're like on their own forty or sooner. And I'm here for it, if that's what happens. You can read Nate's work up on theathletic.com slash ours if you don't have a, uh, a subscription yet. You can get a great deal right there. The, and uh, mnchiefsfan.substack.com for the Chief in the North newsletter. You can follow us on socials and all of that, but you probably already know that much. Uh, with that being said, we're, we'll pivot us from this frigid wasteland and prepare us for a frigid game on Saturday. <sighs> this is the time where you need an imagination kids um you know before we recorded this podcast i dreamed of myself in sicily in the warm sun on the beaches in the mountains in the lovely gardens and i thought what would my italian self do right now it would make an avocado i would enjoy it 
as if it was 82 degrees and not minus four. <sighs> you have to believe and not make yourself feel like a victim. You are not a victim on Saturday if you go to this game. You actively chose to do this, ladies and gentlemen, as did I. And we will think of warmer places while having chicken broth and chicken noodle soup at our disposals. And we will hope the clock continues to run and that nothing crazy happens. But just think of a warmer place. Just think of that. Just think of those waves on the breeze. Think of how Noah Gray would look on a beach in Sicily. And also hope that you can make it home in time for Christmas because pray for us. 